Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Now, on with the show. Uh-huh. I can hear you breathing. Oh, that mouth breathing. Isn't that a song? I can hear, hear you swallowing breathing too. in the air. Tonight, <laughs> breathe on. No, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to nose breathe. Is this, are Is we on? Hard to nose breathe with that booger in your nose right now. <laughs> no, that is lodged in your lungs. Mm-hmm. Now we're on. Is it hard to breathe this morning with that booger in your nose at breakfast? Do you think it's the same booger that's in your nose that was in my nose earlier? <laughs> our booger. Our boogers. It was in our vows. This is having to hold to share your bugs. This is um. This is a real academic podcast by two psychologists welcome to a real academic podcast by two psychologists uh no this is reverse psychology for short the podcast the one and only we are two we actually are despite what you might have heard who who's i don't know maybe some people are dispelling (laughs) dispelling our i don't know what am i trying to say some people are disparaging disparaging that's the word this is a lot of how a lot of our conversations go i say a word that's not right and i say what am, what word am I trying to say? And then you give it to me. While we're recording the podcast, Pickles has decided to play with the loudest toy that she has. <laughs> she always does that. That's the ball and the thing. Yep. The ball and the track. Every time I get on telehealth, a virtual appointment for therapy. All yep, that's it. Either they jump in the litter box and yeah. take a shit, or they start playing with that ball th- toy. I think she's gonna do both. She's gonna drag this over to the litter box. <laughs> All right, so we're two psychologists. This is a reverse psychology podcast. We're two psychologists. I am Dr. Diana. Hi. Hi, I'm a PhD in school psychology. Congratulations. Like Meredith from The Office. Yeah. I just remembered. Um, Our two favorite school psychologist doctors. <laughs> uh, schools, PhD in school psychology, practicing a licensed psychologist and board certified behavior analyst. Cool. Who are you? I'm Dr. Mike. I am a licensed clinical psychologist. I am not recognized by any board and Oh yeah, you're not. I mean, you don't I don't have to be. I don't there, recognize any board myself. There's so a difference between mutual. licensure and board certified. So yeah, that's a different I, have episode we talked about that? that I don't know if we to. have. I don't think we have. Yeah. But um but yeah, and I'm just That's you know, the kind of exciting conversations we conversations have on a, a Saturday, can, Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, also that might be coming up in a podcast near you we're no. really gonna make people who asked us to come back feel really sorry about that <laughs> oh you wanted some more well let's listen to the difference between licensure and board certification licensure this cop is making my tongue feel tingly so it's i, got, I have a little fat tongue syndrome oh mm-hmm. fts well we do we have our tongues are i just read our tongues are too big for our mouths now because our we have baby mouths we do our mouths are getting smaller to compensate for our brains it is it's true and our teeth are getting all messed up and our palates are too soft because we don't chew enough anymore. Do you think that people that have really small baby teeth, like as adults, are more evolved? <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we knew someone who we lovingly but, referred to as baby teeth. Not to his face or her face <laughs> to de-identify this. We used to do that in college a lot. We would have people in our class... like. I was friends with two other people in my psychology classes, and then we just would have nicknames for every other person. Hmm. In a mean way? It was just like the the first observation way. Like, oh, there's shouter. Um, <laughs> there's a soup smell. <laughs> there's alien person. I would, I'd probably be bagel smell. You, yeah. I mean, that's I, what I did call in college. That, bagel smell. I can't hide it. I just lived breathed loved bagels yep what have you been up to this week oh um what have i been up to uh oh it was new year's how was your new year's went to bed at 10 you did Mm -hmm. i was not feeling great got a covid test not covid what else i mean i didn't what what else did you get tested for (laughs) just yeah so i slept a lot this week kind of had off of work sort of saw a couple of Mm. clients here and there this um sounding more and more like depression no it was relaxing i mean i did go to sleep early but it was all it was all in the name of relaxation that's good 
finished my book, my book called Breath. That was so good and highly oh, recommend. I got that free for Christmas. I know. I read it voraciously. We should see if that author wants to come on the podcast. Okay. We can pretend to be a different podcast and trick them. <laughs> um, I learned a lot about how we breathe and how we don't breathe well. Mm. Um, and I tried to put some of that into practice. Yeah. The you, breathing well, not breathing, not the not breathing You bought well. tape specifically to tape our mouths shut while we sleep. <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> you did. We haven't used it yet, though. I kind of want to. I'm kind of worried about how it's going to stick to your facial hair. I'll shave it. <laughs> just, in, just in places where the tape would go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a, a square cutout on my mustache and beard. Yeah. That's part of the problem with sleeping is if you... Is facial hair? No. No. Breathing through your mouth. I got a sleep. special... Um, you know how I wear... I sleep with an eye mask sometimes? Yeah. I got a mouth mask to sleep in. It's a, like a strap around the back of your head and it's a bright red ball that goes <laughs> in your mouth. I wear it on planes to keep from snoring. <laughs> Oh, this? Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear without it in. Um, so I've been really, I mean, I, I've been running and swimming norm, like, like like usual. I took a little bit of time off. Oh, I didn't, well, how do I want to say it? We've been going to a physical therapist and um, she said, she reflected that I had been working out a lot and I could take some down weeks and so i did that this week huh she did not give me that same reflection she often will ask me what are you gonna do for your parasympathetic nervous system yeah for both of your uh, sympathetic nervous systems which is a, a cool question to ask someone yeah it's a real pointed question yeah it's it's real judgy it is yeah with that tone yeah like she doesn't think that i know what that means well she has the things that i have to say what is that and she'll be like you're a psychologist like, <laughs> you don't know your hips are? <laughs> no. Anyways, how have you been? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? I have. I've been. I've been. I've been. Uh, I should have used the time you were talking to think about my answer. Um, I've been working a lot. Been busy, and which has been good. I've been discharging a lot of people. People are mm-hmm. doing good. Um, selling some guitars. Selling, selling some merch off of the front porch. <laughs> Uh, to people Some merch from your life every I've been yeah, I've been selling a lot of my guitars and guitar paraphernalia and every every bro that comes to buy it also wants to like chit chat for a while oh they're lonely yeah they're lo- they're all lonely dudes that one dude I I sold him an acoustic bass and he was like yeah I just want to like sit in a porch and he looked at our porch he's like kind of like this and just like you know just jam out with someone mm. and I was like did you put an ad in the do you put an ad in Facebook Marketplace for a friend? No, I put an ad on men seeking men on Craigslist, mm. looking for a man to jam with, winky face. Uh, yeah, I feel like that guy was definitely trying to be like, you know, I can like jam right now with you. Um, Sweet. Another man, unprovoked, told me the whole history of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> okay. Because he was wearing a t-shirt that I said. I thought you were gone for a while. Was that the corner guy? No, that, oh. that dude, hard pitched coming to our house to see the flooring to then redo the laminate on it because uh, he, he was like are you flipping a house in the neighborhood i'm like no i'm unflipping our house <laughs> and true. he's like oh i do flooring and i was like you just told me you are like a traitor and also he was giving me all sorts of information mm. he he was not mysterious whatsoever and then i was like oh cool i'll keep that in mind and he's like yeah how about i come right now and see your house i was like no i'm good he's like no no, man like my buddies and i we like we do laminate Mm, and like classy all sorts of laminates too we're trying to delaminate well that's the thing is like i'm not gonna rip up laminate and put in more laminate oh classier laminate i know he was hard selling it and i'm like no man i'll keep your info Mm. and i'll call you if like i hit real hard times it was weird yeah well i feel like you get a cross-section of people when you sell something on marketplace i hate marketplace a lot of people saying hey is this still available and mm-hmm. i say yes are you interested and they say no mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. i mean it just that's just what happens all the time yeah that's i hate a, it that's a normal normal part this is of why the we're a divided country i don't think that that's it i think it's more like our values and beliefs it's true i i mean, before i saw that anyone asked them what, what are their values and their beliefs um our friend <laughs> i want to i don't want to look it up the a friend we had uh alex he's a comedian oh yeah uh well he's an improv comedy dude he often uh solicits just funny things and he posted i don't know if you saw this i don't go on social media very much well it's not a flex i just don't like it so he he posted 
What are some political views you have? Comment below. <laughs> <laughs> Just really uh, inviting scrutiny. Yeah. Someone wrote, since tomatoes are classified as a fruit, then ketchup is actually a smoothie. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Someone, well... Cere- is that someone, political though? I think he was just soliciting any any opinions. Any opinions? Someone wrote cereal is a soup. No. Why? It's not. Um, well, uh, there's cold soup. I knew you were going there. I didn't say it though. Be- because it's not cooked. Oh, I think you can have raw soup. Uh, gazpacho is raw. Gazpacho is basically salsa. That's my opinion. Put that down. Gazpacho is a salsa. Changed my mind. So I thought that was funny. It was good. I kind of laughed out loud to myself. It was good. I've been working on my erotic novel. You also got an erotic novel to read. Yes. We, I talked about that oh. briefly last week. You mean working. I see. I've been I working see. on doing background research on my own erotic novel. Well, Lord Byron. <laughs> you know who that is? No. He's a... Uh, I typed in Google uh, most erotic historic figures and he was one. Of, he was one of the ones that came up. He was a. Was vi- your historical fiction? My historic fiction erotic novel. <laughs> I'm gonna write for Christmas for everyone. I decided I'm gonna write it and then get it printed for every friend that we have and just give it to everyone. I really like that idea. I'm really glad you gave yourself a task to write a book on top of your three full time jobs for Christmas for people next year. If I write ten pages a week, that's okay. five hundred and twenty. That's a long book. Okay. No editing whatsoever. Uh, set in real time. <laughs> I so what I've learned about Lord Byron so far, he was an obese man with a club foot. Who <laughs> what is a club foot? When you're, Sorry, I'm not trying to make fun of anyone, but it's just a yeah, funny name. Turned in, I know. And he he was like an erotic poet, and there was like some article I read, basically like his prowess as a lover was like very prolific, but basically it was all self report <laughs> So he was just like this really unattractive dude that just wrote poems about like getting down with ladies, hmm. and he he was super. He had the super hots for his cousin. There's, okay. a lot, there's a lot of sexy stuff to pull from. Sexy stuff? There's a lot of sexy stuff here. <laughs> okay. Should we talk about psychology? Yeah. What are we talking about this week? We often Ooh. kind of try to think about if we have done a topic before or not. And I recommended a topic to Right before we started today, recommended a topic to Mike. That is the one thing, the one <laughs> podcast last year that he did by himself. Yeah, the one that you did not listen to. I did listen to. It. I just yeah. forgot that you it said was with that person. Such confidence. You're like, you should. <laughs> have you ever heard of the man who invented Wonder Woman? I was like, yeah, I did a podcast about him. Oh, did you know he also invented <laughs> the lie detector test? You know how bad my memory is. I know it's from your snowboarding career. It's from so. It's from car accidents, falling off things as a kid. Head injuries. How many concussions have you been? I don't know. I don't even know. That's the test. If you can't remember, it's a lot. It's not that I don't remember. I just don't know. Like, it, you know, every time you get a concussion, it's like you... An angel gets his wings? <laughs> it's not like you <laughs> can't go and get a CAT scan every time. You know, like yeah, sometimes you can you get... Like, they don't know how many concussions really like football players get because... Like yeah. the symptoms are, you feel like, like, I don't know. Like what I, is a concussion really anyways? I mean, we can have Dr. Joel back. It's like a bruise on your brain. I think that's a contusion. Who knows? Yeah. It's all, it's have, all soft science. Let's have Joel back to have some hot opinions. I'm just kidding. It's not soft. It's hard. Soft brains, hard science. All right. So today. Today, what are we talking about? Today, I want to talk about forensic psychology. Ooh, <laughs> kind of. daddy. It is not my area of expertise i'll just classify that and it's not speak with authority yeah so it's funny because i think about this a lot i listen to a lot of podcasts and that have people who are either like comedians or journalists or whatever who talk about subjects that they really know nothing about oh that that will turn me off from a podcast so fast but that i mean that's most podcasts i like the ones where they admit they're like oh i've read about this like or if they speak with some hesitancy the ones that are like you know what you know what this is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't like Joe Rogan. More hot takes with Dr. Mike. Yeah. There, there's one podcast I'm going to kind of get in the habit of not listening to anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> like Sister Act 2, back in the habit. <laughs> which which one? I don't want to say it. Okay. Um, They probably listen. No, I just, it's one of those things where it's just like they're just speaking out, to, they're comedians and they're just really speaking out of turn. They just, they're mm. very passionate, but they don't know a lot of what they're talking about. There are some really, really well-researched shows, people who are journalists that I like, that like, it's not their area of expertise, but they've done so much research that they, and they are humble about it that I feel yeah. like, okay, we can talk about it. I That's why, even though I don't listen to it as much because it's super long-winded, that's why I, I used to listen to 
last podcast on the left, mm-hmm. like they they did a they do like a lot of research on stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know it, they're very quick to be like, I do not understand this medication stuff or whatever. Right. But anyway, so as I was prepping for today, I was like, Do I have the authority to speak on this? And I was like, you know what? I am a psychologist. I should be able to Yeah. Talk, I have there's enough commonalities that I feel like I I can speak f- and I did do research so I feel like I can speak from a place of knowledge a place of understanding perfect but if you are a student or if you're a forensic psychologist and you listen to this or you're a student in forensic psychology like feel free to reach out and tell me what I got wrong and I'll talk about that as if I found out myself and corrected it yeah I'm just kidding I'll probably give you credit but we'll see Depending on how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I like certain types of feedback. Gentle, positive <laughs> feedback. <laughs> GPF? So, forensic, the only thing I really knew about forensic psychology, well, there's two things. One, that I'm not a forensic psychologist. And two, that it's typically the has to do with legal system, right? Forensic psychology yeah. has to do with the legal system. I was really confused in high school because we had a uh, forensics team, but that was speech giving what yeah there was a there's like a club called the uh, forensics but it was like debate club are you sure that's what it was called yeah because i start i wanted to join it because i was super into watching uh, csi and then they were like oh this is speech and you have a debilitating stutter what is forensic <laughs> okay you can you can uh, hide it enough sometimes to debate not when i was that age oh oh no it was debilitating really yeah what is okay so i'm trying to look up what forensic just the word forensic means Some hard-hitting research yeah i'm go- live googling forensic okay it it just means relating to forensic no they couldn't have been named that's a ridiculous name for that club so forensic means relating to or denoting the application of scientific methods and techniques to the investigation of crime so i don't understand why you're, that was called that okay the national uh, forensic league Works with middle and high school students in speech and debate skills. That's weird. Yeah. Hard-hitting facts. So forensic psychology. Okay, what is yes. it? Uh, well, I guess I could talk. I'll start there. This is a good place to start. Start at the beginning. So a lot of the information that I'm going to tell you about today comes from the from the handbook of forensic psychology. Oh, I have that. <laughs> I should have pulled from that. You do? Why? Yeah, I do. Because I took a <laughs> class in forensic psychology. I'm not sure which version you have, but this is the, the fourth. third. This is the fourth edition. Well, never mind. So it's Wiener, Weiner. I don't know. Sometimes it's Wiener. Is it? Yeah, I have another book by Wiener. <laughs> I I feel like those people go by Weiner. No, the guy who did Mad Men goes by Wiener. Oh, he does. Yeah. I mean, he if, can. If your last name's Wiener, you lean into it. Yeah. And you do great things. Uh, Wiener and Otto, the, the um, editors of that book. I'll just say there are four areas of forensic psychology: legal. Correctional, police, criminal. Okay. So there's a lot of overlap. I didn't read the whole handbook. I really just read the history of uh, section. <laughs> you read more than I did in that class. <laughs> oh, good. It seemed really interesting, actually. It, it, it is very interesting. Um, and I feel like we could pull multiple episodes, per, perhaps, from the book. Um, my, my professor would be very happy. Various sections of the book. But today I'm just going to focus on like the history a little bit and when psychologists starting started being able to give testimony, incredible testimony in courts. Incredible? Incredible. That was an incredible testimony. That was an incredible, credible testimony. Mm. Mm. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll just sort of highlight some of the things that forensic psychologists do. And let me just tell you. Please, please do. Thank God for forensic psychologists oh. because... They do stuff I do not want to do, and I get asked to do all the time. Like the dishes? Child custody and parenting evals. Jesus. Yeah, do not want to do that. I turn those down readily. Yeah. Um, assessing competency to stand trial. Child abuse and neglect evaluations, which just be so, so sad. Assessing violence risk. Evaluating eyewitness testimony. Polygraph assessments. And giving expert witness testimony. That I would not want to do. I wouldn't really, except for assessing or evaluating eyewitness testimony. I don't think I would want to do any of that. Yeah. It's just, it's, I actually specifically stipulate in my intake paperwork that I will not go to court to give any sort of testimony about the competency of the parents I work with to parent. Yeah. Because it's, it's, that's a nightmare for me. 
so uh, the the definition that they talk about in the handbook, and this is by Bartol and Bartol, 2013. Forensic psychology refers broadly to the production of psychological knowledge and its application to the civil and criminal justice systems. Bum, bum. Oh, it's going to make that noise. Ah! We should have had B.D. Wong on here. I don't know who that is. He was the actor that played the forensic psychologist in Law & Order SVU. Yeah, totally. Let's just give him a call. Yeah. Do yeah. you know him? No. Did you take like a hip hop dance class with him? <laughs> That's normally my like go to. I knew that person in yeah. LA. Oh, so and so. Oh, yeah. We took a, a cooking class together one time. Yeah. I mean, I lived in LA for 12 years. I went so. to their house for Yom Kippur. That was another one. <laughs> yeah. No, these are all real stories of random celebrities you hung out with casually. <laughs> yeah. You know who I hung out with? Sinbad at a no, car rental place. That is not a thing. Oh, you did. I that's did. your story. He was getting turned down yeah. for a rental car. Cool. Yeah, I already told you the activities. I saw Patrick Ewing in a bathroom once. I don't know who that is. Okay. The last part I will say that I don't also don't know a lot about, but I'm interested in forensic psychology is designing and implementing intervention and prevention programs for youthful offenders. That not- is what he says youthful offenders it's not just like it's not kids it's just like adults who appear youthful yeah who have a good skin regimen (laughs) um anyways i would yeah on the one hand it sounds like a great endeavor on the other hand it sounds infinitely frustrating to try to come up with programming for youth offenders well the the research is just not great because we just we can't do good studies on it because we can't separate criminal like youth criminals into a treatment or non-treatment group you can't randomize yeah and make some kids be criminals well that yes and that's not the part i was talking about but it's just hard to do research i agree with you we should randomize kids into (laughs) families so um what do you do you know anything about when and how psychologists became involved in court cases no. Do you Actually, have a guess? No, I honestly have no a foggy idea. You have no foggy idea. Or even a clear idea. <laughs> I have no idea whatsoever. I haven't the foggiest. I haven't the fog. I haven't the faintest or foggiest. So I'll give you a, a give me give me kind a, clue. Of a hint. How many letters is it? Um let's let's think about turn of the century. The last 2000. century. Okay. <laughs> to nineteen hundred, turn of the century. Okay. Like what was going on in psychology in Europe? Think about this is, France and like. When did, when did when did Napoleon happen? <laughs> I don't know. That has nothing to do with this. You said France. I know, but remember guillotines. No, it was something about. What's Bastille Day? What it was something about. I'll tell you what Bastille Day is. Okay. It's a terrible, scary time to be in Paris. Okay. When you don't know what it's Bastille Day. Okay. Because <laughs> that happened to me. That is the whole nature of the holiday. Yeah, it was. It was chaotic. Okay. It's like being in Times Square on New Year's Eve. So how did psychologists get involved in Bastille Day? <laughs> so if you think about um, the uh, the Binet... Ramsey? Situation. Stanford Binet. Binet. Oh, oh, I think it John Binet. No. Um, so the first people really to do any sort of expert... Were the infer- IQ people? Were ki- kind of the... Uh, yeah. I mean, sort of in that realm okay of like whether someone's competent or not to be Mm. accused of a crime okay like are they i think the term at the time and this was um cattell he used and this is obviously very outdated term but he used the term moron to say like whether or not someone was fit to stand trial yeah there is a long history of words being commonly used in psychology and then like kids in middle school learning them and using them as insults and then we have to come up with new ones well there's also like terribly racist and like xenophobic words that have been used in psychology oh yeah what's your favorite one i don't have a favorite but i was just gonna say it's awful we should do a whole episode maybe on that we should there's yeah there's a nefarious history it is crazy that there are at one point well-defined definitions for like nitwit and moron Mm -hmm. and dork yeah things that we use pretty regularly now yeah we don't think about and we're just like you're using that wrong yeah there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of those terms (laughs) yeah we should do an episode on outdated offensive classifications (laughs) we can take that whole thing out right up our alley take it out take all of it out just go to play it it's an empty episode (laughs) (laughs) it's just the beginning song and the end song it's me saying take it out yeah 
so yeah, so those people kind of started in the, so like the first kind of documented involvement of psychologists in court cases is like late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. So the biggest issue really has been the, the divide between psychologists and psychiatrists. Mm. So you know how like there was um, like in the beginning, like Freud was a psychiatrist Right, so he was a neurologist. Oh, so sorry. Yeah, what? Yeah, this is pre-psychiatry, but like medical doctor, I should say. So, so there's this divide of like medical, an MD practicing. I don't even know how to say it. Like they're practicing psychology, I guess. But I don't know. Versus a psychologist who's practicing psychology. Yes, Uh, the. Job of a psychologist was really created to do assessment and testing. Mm-hmm. That's like the the origin of the role of a like psychologist. A psychometrist is during one of the wars. wars, World War One, maybe World War Two. One, one, mm-hmm. but yeah, because the uh, the alpha and the beta. Yes, tests. But, yeah, the whole like field was supposed to be just assessing and categorizing people. Some people still think that that's the whole field. Yeah, we can talk about that. We'll talk about that in the car. Okay. So, so was the yeah, first court so, case. Well, they don't, I mean, it's the documentation isn't that great. So it's it's kind of hard to say, but there's been a lot of like psychologists consulting with um, attorneys mm. or filing um, amicus briefs for a case, you know, saying whatever, but actually like being considered and their testimony being allowable or admissible is it's been contentious between medical doctors and psychologists. Mm-hmm. So there's a history of psychologists who have actually testified. Um, but the the cutoff is 1962. So before 1962, psychologists had testified, they had um, been involved in cases, but often their testimonies were thrown out because they weren't, because the judge would say, oh, this wasn't a medical doctor. The jury should dis- disregard right. the evidence or whatever. So uh, an example of that, so this was one of the earlier cases. In 1940, there was a case, People versus Hawthorne. And it was in Michigan. Okay. So whatever that means to you. You might, you might live there. Which? You might have lived there. The Mitten I mean, or the other part? There's two Michigans. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm like upper and lower. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where it was in Michigan. Hawthorne um, had been tried for the murder of his wife's lover. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And guess what he pled? Crime of passion. Guilt, not guilty by reason of insanity. NGRI. Again, this was in 1940, and the trial court refused to qualify uh, as an expert witness a, prof- a professor of psychology from Michigan State Normal College. I guess there's a town called Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Who had you know had a PhD in psychology? Was a, a professor, and um, the court re- refused to let this person be involved because it definitely sounds like he made up the university he's coming from <laughs> michigan state normal college regular old college yeah totally real school <laughs> college university of college hi i'm doctor professor from normal <laughs> university no i can't talk softer okay so the reason that the judge gave that they psychologists wouldn't be able to testify um, as an expert was that what was his name? It doesn't say I don't know his name, but the psychologist was not a medical expert. And this is from the the trial. So or from the text, the Bartol and Bartol, it says uh, it advised trial courts to evaluate carefully the merits of a potential witness's claim to expertise. Expertise, noting that a psychologist's ability to detect insanity could not be presumed inferior to that of a, quote, medical man. Not she. She was a woman. Woman. She's not. I can't rule him insane. The doctor's a woman. <laughs> well, that's just it. It's like, not only are you not a doctor. But you're not even a man. Right. How could you? You have not birth given. No, not given birth to child. You haven't given birth to. <laughs> Not delivered a child. I, yeah, whatever. Anyways, dissenters from the opinion um, believe that insanity is a disease and therefore only a person with medical training should qualify as an expert. Hmm. So this is 1940. What a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so in 1954, 
the American Psychiatric Association, they put out a statement referencing only physicians were legitimate experts in the field of mental illness for purposes of courtroom testimony. It's okay. so kind of on the backs of that yeah. case, which is, I mean, I feel like there's always this distinction of like who has the expertise. Like now I would say that psychiatrists are only really trained in medication. Yeah. I don't know any psychiatrists truly who have clinical psychological skills. Yeah. Or if they do, it comes at the tail end of their training. Like yeah. They get trained as a medical doctor and then very late in get exposure to it. Yeah. I might get some pushback from that comment, but that's okay. That's fine. Bring it. Bring that gentle, positive feedback. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so then we're headed into the 60s. So 1954, psychologists can't do anything because they're not physicians. And here comes Timothy O'Leary. Which is interesting because who was diagnosing, I guess, in 1954, who was only psychiatrists could diagnose mental illness? When did psychologists be able to... That would be another That'd be another one. I would... I mean, at that time, psychologists were diagnosing. I think just... But there is a big difference between like a medical diagnosis and like a legal diagnosis. So the big thing with not guilty by reason of insanity is essentially you're you're arguing that given your mental state or condition you lack the capacity to have a criminal intent so you're you're completely unaware that you're doing something malicious or dangerous and that's like a legal distinction versus a medical one so i can see Mm. an argument where like maybe a psychologist can do it in like uh, the, the the medical world but for the distinction of like a legal case, we want a higher level of stand, a higher standard. So we're not going to accept psychology. I don't agree with it, but I can see those two things being different. Okay. So in this, this um, actually the reason I chose this topic was because I read an article in the American psychological associations monitor on psychology. Mm. So they, Mop. they talk about the 10, let's see. 10 court cases where psychologists were involved that have made a particularly strong impact. Oh, I go through some of them. That's um, exciting. But, but I want to start out this section by saying that we got to where we are now because of a court case in 1962 Jenkins versus the U S Jenkins was a man no. who claimed insan- an insanity defense for a sexual assault. Ugh. Yeah. And um, a psychologist in that case conferred he was having a psychotic episode. Mm. So therefore, he could not be held accountable. Interesting. So I le- one of the few things I remember from this the forensic class is arguing or, dis- or showing psychosis isn't enough to secure a not guilty by reason insanity plea. You can have the diagnosis of schizophrenia and still be found guilty. Yeah, of so, course. So the big thing is like, did you show any awareness that you could get in trouble for this or that this was wrong? Well, it was just like at the time of the whatever crime, yeah. were you in your right? So, so I remember, right I remember um, the professor who who was a forensic psychologist that did a lot of like trial work was saying he had a case where someone had schizophrenia, was psychotic, like believed that they were commanded by the devil to kill all these people and he did but then he went he went through work to hide the bodies or like hide the evidence Mm. he threw the weapons away and things like that and that showed that he was aware enough that it was wrong even though he was compelled by this internal force Hmm. he he, his thing was had that not happened had he he done it and like gone home and washed things off and just went about his day he would have a much stronger case to show. Well, I didn't know. Like, I was so yeah. psychotic at that time. I had no awareness that I could be, like, th- this could be a malicious thing. Sure. Um, just an, like an interesting line that even if you're compelled by an internal, like, psychosis, mm-hmm. it's you can, you're, you'll still be held accountable. Hmm. In the eyes of the law, hmm. there are the offenders and those who they offend. Well, I also think that it's an interesting distinction because... It, what, what happens after the trial if you're declared quote unquote insane or not state hospital right when it's like it, we can we can have a whole episode on that mm-hmm. where we talk about like what does that mean and what does that look like and is pri- i mean is prison ever, i'm huh? sorry to cut you off no, go, it's okay. did i ever tell you that i used to do a lot of uh case management with people who are not guilty of insanity no when i worked in virginia i, I had a barely I was, know you i was one of the few male caseworkers mm. and so they they felt uncomfortable with the female caseworkers working with 
people who were convicted of violent offenses. Sure. And so I would go to the state hospital once a week and take these people out for like weekend respite. Mm. Yeah. Was it, I one, there was one guy who it was actually a sad thing. He, I remember very clearly he couldn't afford his medication. So he stopped taking it mm. and then had all this like in, internal stimuli committed armed robbery. And he was like aware he was doing it. And his lawyer pushed him to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. And they won the case and he had been in the state hospital for like three or four years at that point. Mm. And his, the jail time would have been like a year and a half. It would have been mm. something much less because if you get convicted, not re- if you win, you're not guilty by reason of insanity argument, you tend to go to the state hospital where there's no time limit to how long you can be there. Mm. So you can be held to a question mark. It's up in, up to the, mm. the doctor to say when you can go. The, that whole system is so flawed anyways so i think that would be an interesting topic but so do do, do, judge uh, jenkins so back to jenkins he was the judge too (laughs) that seems unfair yeah jenkins versus us he so psychologists conferred he was having a psychotic episode but the judge wouldn't allow the psychologist to have input on the case so he had the jury disregard it and that jenkins lost the case Mm. then they appealed the case and a D- went to a D.C. circuit court and the American Psychological Association, don't confuse that with the American Psychiatric Association, so the APA. Not the APA. <laughs> who incidentally put out this magazine. Weird. Uh, Bias. Filed an amicus brief for Jenkins versus the U.S., appeal providing evidence that psychologists have the education and training to assess and diagnose mental illnesses so from that point on from 1962 on there was really no question of whether or not psychologists could be involved in court cases and serve a range of capacities from expert witness to evaluator to polygraph giver yeah or just to see if like another big thing that is seeing if people are competent to stay in trial. Like if they're aware of the gravity of what they're going through mm-hmm. as well as... Right, competent, yeah. Were, yeah. were they competent to give like a statement? So that, that's a big... Like you see that a lot in like um, Making a Murderer, uh, Paradise Lost. Like these issues come up a lot where the, where the police will essentially coerce people with a lower IQ into giving... Uh, a statement against themselves and then an expert witness will later come in showing like, oh, they didn't understand that saying they did it was going to be damning for them. They thought they would just go home. I'm going to, so now I'm going to talk, how much time do I left? Okay. 19 minutes and 52 seconds. I'm going to talk about the cases. So there's 10 court cases listed. And, and so this is, these are court cases that psychologists have been instrumental in and also have informed law. Oh, cool. And kind of change the nature of how we do things. I'm going to talk about it from like of most interest to me because just time wise. Because you're in charge. And I fucking have the microphone. Yeah. So you're going to listen. Okay. Oh, the first court case is, I don't know how to say this. Obergefell. Obergefell. O-B-E-R-G-E-F-E-L-L. Obergefell. I would imagine it's like a soft G. Obergefell. Obergefell. Versus Hodges, 2015. Oh, recent. Oh, yeah. Past five years. Past five. What was going on? We're in 2021. Six years. This is a same-sex marriage case. Ooh. Tell me more. um, Obergfell, Obergfell, and Arthur were legally married in Maryland, but they resided in Ohio, where same-sex marriage was outlawed. Mm. Oh, I do remember that was a big thing. Arthur, who was terminally ill, sought to have Obergfell identified as his surviving spouse when his death certificate would be issued. Uh, Between 2012 and 2014, plaintiffs in Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee filed cases that culminated in Obergefell. So there were a bunch of pre-kind of decisions, I guess, that led to this or Mm -hmm. uh, not class action, but like when there's a bunch of anyways, I don't know the legal terminology. But then after all the district courts ruled for the plaintiffs, the rulings were appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for Sixth Circuit, which held that state bans on same-sex marriage were constitutional. So they were allowed. And then the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to review the case. So the APA filed um, amicus briefs stating that homosexuality is a normal expression of human sexuality, is not chosen, and is highly resistant to change. 
Same-sex relationships are equivalent to heterosexual relationships, and they have a variety of reasons. Um, There's no scientific basis for concluding same-sex couples are unfit parents, and denying same-sex couples access to marriage constitutes stigma. And they won. I agree. Yep. And they won? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did it. I mean, I don't want to say that it was the psychologist who made that case happen, but... That's what what Scalia said. I'm sure. I'm sure he's on that side. If it wasn't for those damn psychologists. (laughs) Sure. So psychologists, save the day. Superheroes. You know, no big deal. Yeah. So that one's really cool. Um, Was it the APA as an organization or was there one person? It was the APA as an organization. That's cool. So some of these have um, like specific psychologists, um, but many of them have the APA filing amicus briefs, Mm. which... I don't know where I read this. I can't remember the source, but apparently when the APA files amicus briefs, judges read thoroughly. A lot of organizations will file briefs, but they're not as reputable and they may just like skim, judges might skim them, but apparently they really love the APA's briefs. Hmm. So boxers. Got all those briefs. Briefs. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think I have time for one more. Okay. Do you want to... I'm going to tell you the topics and you tell me what you okay, want here. this is like Jeopardy. Yeah, it's the categories. Legal Jeopardy. Mental health, mental health parity, gender discrimination at work, protecting psychotherapist patient privilege, rights of people with mental disabilities, right to private sexual conduct, juveniles and the death penalty, false confessions, affirmative action, or cross-race identification. Oh my God, there's so many. I know, they're all good. Yeah, we definitely need to come out of this topic because these are really interesting. Yeah, right? We, let's do... We could do another whole episode on it, but... Yeah, are we going to probably do a whole episode on each of these? For sure. Let's do um, private sexual contact for 300. Contact. Oh, never mind. Private sexual contact is... As an aside, I know we've said this like 20 times so far today. I would like to do an episode on confidentiality. So put an earmark on that page that has the confidentiality, the patient, doctor, privilege one. And we can talk more about that one. Doop. Good. That was me putting an earmark. Good. Uh, Okay, let's let's hear about this sexual conduct. So you probably have guessed that this was a sodomy case. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought it was a Gamora case. Okay. Uh, this is Lawrence v. Texas, 2003. Okay. Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> Not that long ago. And I think our sodomy law is still in the books in some places. <laughs> Definitely. I w- I'll be curious to see what, what, what states have that. I want to say... Even with same-sex marriage legal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems like a... Yeah. I want to say that maybe in New York, New Jersey, sodomy was illegal, including like uh, fellatio. All right, so Lawrence versus Texas, 2003. The U.S. Supreme Court examined the constitutionality of a Texas law prohibiting prohibiting sodomy between same-sex couples. Oh, the APA submitted a brief and was joined by the American Psychiatric Association, the National Association of Social Workers, and the Texas chapter of the National Association of Social Workers, which probably is T-A-S-W, if I had to guess. Texas Association. T-A-S-W. Yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah. The APA's evidence was that it's so, so similar to the last one. Homosexuality is common and not chosen. Homosexuality is not a disorder. Suppressing sexual intimacy among same-sex partners would deprive gay men and lesbians of the opportunity to participate in fundamental aspects of human experience. Um, anti-sodomy statutes like those in Texas reinforce prejudice, discrimination, and violence against gay men and lesbians. Mm. So the ruling in that case was um, the Texas anti-sodomy law was unconstitutional because it violated due process clause of 14th Amendment by denying same-sex couples their right to engage in private sexual conduct without government intervention. Did you say that the rule, the thing they were contesting was spe- the law. Spef- specifically uh, sodomy between same-sex partners. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, on... This probably... Oh, sorry. I interrupted you. Th- this makes me think about uh, the recent ruling, oh, in the Supreme Court about um, transgender rights. And there was the case where um, a person, they wanted to wear a suit and the funeral home said, no, that's... Like, that's not your assigned gender clothing. And Merrick, I think, I think Merrick Garland, one of, one of the more conservative justices actually said that it's like, because you can't apply it to 
the other gender it's not as accurate it's just an interesting hmm. it's interesting that the law itself was specifying like like uh, sodomy's cool between mixed gender but same gender no thank you like, yeah i mean there's such a awful history of yeah so i just want to because i looked it up while you were saying that i i um i wanted to actually name the people involved because it didn't state it in the article i was reading oh let's dox them what let's dox them who who are we talking about i want to name the people who brought the oh case i thought you meant the people that made the law oh i don't know how long the law was in the books but basically it was from 1998 uh there was in 1998 two people were arrested in their in their apartment so john gettys lawrence jr was arrested with tyrone garner they were having consensual sexual intercourse and police officers saw, I don't know how they n- knew that was happening or I think they were uh, serving a warrant for something else. Mm. And they, they caught them in the act. I, that's or they, my recollection mm-hmm. from some law class I took a long time ago was that they, they were serving a warrant for something and then they saw it. And because it was in plain view, plain view being like they came, they came in the house and saw it they arrested him for it. Um, so these two individuals um, were charged with a misdemeanor under Texas's anti-sodomy law. Both pleaded no contest, received a fine. Assisted by ACLU, they t- started appealing the case until they got to the Supreme Court. And then the, the, the judgment in the Supreme Court basically said that the law was discriminatory and shouldn't be on the books. Cool. So yeah, so that's kind of my... My my foray into I like it. forensic psychology. I like it. We Thank should goodness for forensic psychology. I know we should sprinkle more of that into some of the topics. I was gonna say pepper, pepper, pepper it in. Oh, we should salt it in. What other things can you herb it or spice it in? I really love uh, nutritional yeast. <laughs> Flake some of that in if you want a cheesy tang. Flake. Yeah, it's really it's really good for you. Yeah, I feel great. It's cheesy. It has a cheese it's like yeasty. umami. It is very mommy. <laughs> I just uh, learned that Ronald Reagan called his wife mommy. Oh, there's so many. We should do an episode about what was wrong with Raven. What was wrong with Reagan? I don't. I don't. We're. I mean, I'd be happy to, but I don't think that's really our purview. We can. We'll just talk about plain view things like calling your wife mommy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things there. Yeah. He loved jelly beans. Mm. He had terrible teeth. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I Probably had a soft palate. You were talking to your brother-in-law about Reagan a couple of days ago. And I was over... I was, I was listening in on it because it was over. Uh, <laughs> I get you were going to say overheard, but then you I was literally just that. eavesdropping. Yeah. And it was really funny because he was talking about Reagan. <laughs> in, in no attempt to hide his disdain for Reagan, he was like, and also, mind you, he was an actor, not a very good one. <laughs> I just love that he sprinkled that in really quickly before moving on to something unrelated. I was like, yeah, get that dig in. I'm getting, sorry, I'm getting notifications from Instacart. No um, food here? No, no, no. It's just like what they had to swap out. We didn't have apples, so we bought you a jar of peanut butter. I really love Instacart. This episode brought to you by Instacart. <laughs> I would love that. Are you an agoraphobe? They've already had to switch out. They were they had to switch out our tortilla chips, our black beans. Now we're getting organic black beans. Ew. You know, it's just it's these kinds of things that I like. To when they're what's coming instead of our tortilla? Tortilla chips. A uh, yellow instead of white corn, it's yellow corn tortilla chips. I kind of like yellow corn better. I feel like they, well, there's more salt on them. You know, I like a good salty chip. Aww. So, All right. Thank you so much for that. That was fantastic. Oh, you're what, welcome. What's coming up in your? What are you excited about this week? Back to work. Back to my twelve-hour work days. Okay. You're mm-hmm. excited about that? No, I'm just um. What am I, you asked what I'm excited about. I I'm did. just generally stating what's happening. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm not excited to get back to being busy, but I like structure. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of excited about, mm-hmm. you know, having my days be a little bit more planful. Mm-hmm. Maybe thinking about starting to plan a trip 
that we're going to take hopefully at the end of next year. Yeah. Um, and uh, just generally being a lover of psychology. Yeah. What so, about you? What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to, I have, I, I, I got an email earlier today that one of my first patients is canceling for tomorrow. So I'm starting a little bit later than normal. Mm. So and I think it's supposed to be kind of nice tomorrow morning. So I think I'm going to go on a long run in the morning. Mm. Start this week out right. Are you going to nose breathe only? Try I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it at least for the first couple of miles. Tape my mouth shut and nose breathe. <laughs> I'm also going to tape my wrists together to help my form really creep out some people. Uh, do that. Uh, I have a busy work week and um, also probably looking at some travel stuff. Uh, breakfast tomorrow, this morning, we were talking about uh, purchasing a coffee plantation when we retire. So I'm going to mm-hmm. look into that. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> like how, how much would that cost? How many years off from retirement do you think we are? Uh, like a couple. I'm going to say 30 years for me. For you, probably 30. I plan to get hit by a mail truck and then just really <laughs> bank on that. And then when that money gets low, you know what's going to happen? You get hit by a bus. Not hard. My grandma got hit by a bus. And this is not a joke or like a funny no, story. No, it's not a funny story. But she did. She got hit by a bus. Did she get money out of it? Mm, yeah, a lot. Yeah. See, that's my retirement plan. She broke her hip. Yeah. that's. I have a t-shirt that says... Getting hit by a bus is my retirement plan. It's kind of like my dad's t-shirt that says uh, metal detecting is my retirement plan. <laughs> It'd be funny if that wasn't the genuine truth <laughs> that he is retiring on the trash that he's finding in people's yards. Uh, my, my, uh, what do you even call him? My, your peepaw. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, my niece's fiance. I don't know what that, I don't know what you're called when you're, I guess he'd be my nephew by marriage nah, what is it he's nobody anyways he got a he got a fishing pole with a magnet on the end of it mm-hmm. and i was asking my niece what he found using it and she said a, a barbecue like you would find in a park yeah <laughs> and a penny one single penny <laughs> yeah. good so that was their, paying for itself new years <laughs> man yeah oh my god yeah so um, okay. I'm also excited to keep working on my erotic novel. I need a title. So if people have a funny title that I can name my erotic novel about Lord Byron, let me know. And I'll I'll sprinkle in tidbits. Maybe we'll sell it to our fans. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll help um, finance our podcast. And our retirement. We can reti- record the podcast from our coffee plantation in South America. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit, really. I know. The guy's the limit. This guy is the limit. Yeah, I have that t-shirt with an arrow pointing up to me. <laughs> Okay, so I have cat legs. Okay. And I know how to use them. Meaning the cat's on my feet. I know. Also, and the animals need to eat It's them. time to go. All right. Well, I love you. Oh, that's not how we say it. That's not how we do it. I Is this... love you. How do we say it? Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, And I think the rest of the handbook kind of goes through. What is going on with this dog right now? She really wants some attention. Okay. Can you give her attention? Zoe, come on my lap. Go. Go over there. Go over there. Come sit up here. Oh, my God. Get up here. She's so hot right now. I know. She looks so good. (laughs) Okay. Um, So 